0: Mberi Sek is the Deputy Treasurer of the Women's Investment Club, WIC Senegal, an organization that envisions to give women in Francophone West Africa privileged access to the financial instruments for inclusive economic development. Before becoming Deputy Treasurer, she worked as the manager of the organization, namely on design, operationalization, and the launch of WIC Capital. The organization's investment fund and WIC Academy it's Technical Assistance Structure. Mberi, welcome to the show. Welcome back to WTF. Today, we are speaking with Mberi Sek of Women's Investment Club Senegal, who will be talking to us about what WIC is, why WIC exists, and where are the gaps that WIC is trying to fill.
1: I have been watching Wick from afar um in sort of a stalker type way <laughs> to be honest I came across Wick a couple of uh years ago and was really impressed with their approach and also just how you know the the uniqueness of of what I was hearing about, so you know, women coming together that understood finance, understood the investment space, and were really making a difference with um, you know women entrepreneurs. So I am really excited to speak to him, Barry, and um, yep, hearing more about Wick's approach and how they are expanding. Definitely a must listen episode. So
0: without further ado, I'm very sick of wick.
1: okay so three two one so welcome back to another wtf episode and i have the esteemed pleasure of welcoming Barry Sek from the women's investment club senegal welcome mberry how are you I'm doing good. It's a pleasure to be here Lydia. Thanks so much for the invitation once again. Oh, you're absolutely, uh, this is my pleasure. I think the last time we saw each other, we were in the beautiful sunshine of Morocco and I was sitting back super impressed in a presentation that you had provided at um, We Are Africa. And aren't we in a different world now? (laughs)
2: Yes. So I was just thinking, like, last month, I think like a few days ago was exactly one year since we met in Morocco, because it was in the end of June. And I was just thinking, wow, like life really has changed in the past year.
1: Absolutely. I think that's the pleasure. of That's the beauty of social media. It sort of tells you like (laughs) one year ago, you were here with these people. Yeah. Um, But yes, so Mary, for those that don't know you, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you came to join uh, WIC, Um, and and tell us a little bit about what WIC stands for and and what it's about. Of course, so uh, my name is Bery Sek, as you said earlier, I am from Senegal, born
2: and raised um i've lived in uh, several countries uh, like south i've lived in south africa i lived in south africa for high school and moved to the us um to go to college in cleveland ohio worked a bit in new york and in washington dc before moving back to senegal in 2017 my background um academically i'm more a uh, i have more of a scientific background i have a bachelor's degree in uh, computer science and mathematics and uh, started my career in programming. Um, But coming back to Senegal and uh, seeing the context, the national context, I did not feel like that background of programming was the best thing for me to come back with, because there were just so many things, so many other things I was interested in. And Women Economic Empowerment was uh, one of them. uh, incidentally, I found WIC when I got back. I met with uh, the, one of the co-founders of the Women's Investment Club Senegal, Magi Sok, who's also the partner at Dahlberg. And after talking to her about WIC Senegal, I ended up joining the team full time and becoming a WIC member myself because I uh, was very much interested in uh, how we could uh, improve women entrepreneurs' conditions and women's conditions, economic conditions in general in Senegal. A little bit about WIC, Um, WIC stands for Women's Investment Club, Um, where an organization that was started in Senegal by four women that lived here, Maji Sok, Chavaka Marasi, Alassane Wad, and And when they founded WIC, um, what they had noticed is that entrepreneurship in Senegal was hard, But it was even harder for uh, women-led businesses. They noticed that there weren't enough resources out there to help women-led businesses thrive. And where they wanted to come in, they'd seen a lot of um, solutions to address women's um, conditions on the social side, but not really on the economic side. So they came together to think about a mechanism to push women forward economically. So that the social part kind of goes together with it. Um, that's where the Women Investment Club um, came from. Um, it started as a club of investors, of women investors. There were only four of them. We're now eighty-six members uh, who invest together in the regional stock exchange. So the BRVM, Bourse Régionale des Valeurs Mobilières. That's the West African regional stock exchange. The in the, the initial ambition of WIC was to start a fund for to finance women-led businesses. And this investment club was a transition mechanism. So how do we gather enough money to be able to start that fund? Uh, in March 2019, we launched the first fund, the first women fund for women-led businesses in Senegal called WIC Capital. And that was... Um, A result of two years of research since the creation of WIC and two years of resource mobilization and expertise mobilization from WIC members. To date, WIC members have mobilized over $1 million and part of that is invested uh, by WIC Capital, the fund, directly into women-led businesses founded by women or
1: led by women in Senegal. I'm smiling because so much of that story just um, is exactly what we are talking about on WTF all the time. So women investing back in women um, and providing the type of capital and investment to grow their businesses. So um, based on the research that, you know, that kind of came about the genesis of WIC, sorry, can you can you sort of uh explain a little bit about the the challenges around raising capital that Wick Wick is trying to solve?
2: Yes. So um one of the things I want to start by saying is that yes there may be um uh, reasons why women entrepreneurs specifically can't raise capital as easy as men do but I believe that the real issue is more of a, uh, of a systemic one. So we have women entrepreneurs who generally are at the head of very small companies. When you look at Senegal as an example, 99% of women-led businesses are actually either micro individual or micro enterprises, very small size, um, very limited revenue, and not structured enough. So when you look at traditional financial mechanisms that exist, so banks, investment funds, these are not the type of companies that they're going to invest in. They're looking for someone stable. They're looking for companies that have shown something and that can show that have um, enough structure around them to be less um, risky. So these are not so women-led businesses in the country and in the region in general don't fall in this category. And when we continue financing in that traditional way of uh, businesses that are well-structured, that are big enough, we forget a huge chunk of companies that represent the biggest part of the economy in our countries. And that huge chunk has a lot of women-led businesses. This is what Wick saw from the very beginning, and that's why the fund, with Capital, that we've, we started actually targets companies at a very early stage of development. So when you look at our investment tickets, for example, we invest between 50,000 and 250,000 US dollars. And that's obviously a small company need. What we want to do is to be able to get enough people in that missing middle, that what we call the missing middle where there are no financial options, get there. Get enough companies financed so that they go higher up on the and get out of that like missing middle, so that they're able to access more formal investment from bigger investment funds or uh, typical banks, etc. and private equity firms.
0: So Barry Lydia was smiling before and I'm smiling now because whenever I hear people talking about that missing middle and I'm like okay, this is where the conversation needs to be centered. Um, Can you hear me? Yes, I can
2: hear you perfectly.
0: This is where the conversation needs to be centered. Um, As someone who's worked in... um a grant-making institution, the U.S. African Development Foundation, for a number of years, and I was the portfolio manager for Senegal for a number of years, realizing that you're absolutely correct, that there is a large number of small and medium-sized businesses that are absolutely left out, and that's where you find a lot of women entrepreneurs. And if exactly. no one's taking the time to go down there, and the work that USADF does is a lot of that de-risking work, Right. And the yes. funding levels is very similar to what you um, mentioned from $50,000 for a capacity building grant, fifty to 100000 to work on that institutional capacity building to transform that activity from a livelihood activity into a real business activity. And then layer it with another grant that comes after that to focus more on sort of economic expansion that goes up to that 250000 level. So that level, that missing middle that you're talking about is absolutely where there needs to be a lot of doubling down to ensure that we're then creating, you know, so it's basically pipeline creation, right? Mm-hmm. To make sure that we're creating that pipeline of companies that can then tap into the type of funding that some of the more traditional capital capital um, companies
2: like banks and traditional types of investors are more interested in. Yes, that that is totally accurate. And that pipeline building element is actually extremely important, even for us, because we are still aiming to start a typical private equity fund, what you would call a traditional private equity fund for women-led businesses. But we do want to build that pipeline first. We understand that it steps, and it might be too early for us to start a private equity fund for women-led businesses where the pipeline is not really available. So that positioning was very deliberate. And we hope that it will evolve. We hope that we'll get to a point in a few years where we won't have that pipeline issue anymore for traditional funds. So, how are you partnering with other
0: organizations that are sort of working in that are working in that pipeline development space to amplify that pipeline development effort?
2: Um, in when you look at Senegal in general, you'll notice that. We are so early in the stage of, like, uh, the, the, the ecosystem is booming and we're. this is the time to build it. This is the time to do things right. And you notice that everyone has started kind of working together. So we work with a lot of incubators. We work with Make Sense, which is an incubator in Senegal, Impact Hub, Dakar, Joko Labs. We try to work a lot in... Um, um, Partnership with incubators, listening to what they're hearing from the entrepreneurs. We also work a lot with other funds. We help each other out a lot. Um, we realize that right now we're not as we're not they're not enough funds that we're competitors. So we work a lot together to be able to build something sustainable. Just examples of those funds: Teranga Capital, which was the first. Um, fund that targets SMEs in Senegal. We've worked a lot with, uh, we, constituting uh, with Capital, we've worked with AFIC Funds, which is one of the biggest funds of the region. So it's a lot of collective um, work that allows us to be able to build up that system because we understand that it's not the individual pieces that are going to make a difference. It's everyone positioning themselves in the right silo so that together we can build, um, an ecosystem of not only women-led businesses, but just a strong private, uh, sector in the country.
0: Yeah.
1: So, Wonderful. so one of the questions that I had it's about the governance and operating structure of the fund. So you mentioned that you have about 86 members. Um, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, other stats on WIC um, and what the upfront investment and average R- ROI um, is? Yes. So uh,
2: WIC is, I'm going to break it down. In I'm going to break down WIC in three parts. So it's a little bit. Less confusing. We have a club of investors, we have an investment fund, and then we have a technical assistance facility. So I'm going to start with the club of investors that's actually WIC, is what we call the Women's Investment Club. That club of investors is the one that aims to put together women in Senegal who want to invest in women entrepreneurship. So that club of investors is where the 86 members reside. To be part of that club, you put in up front around $8,000 investment in the regional stock exchange, and you top it up with $200 monthly. So the aim of that, those investments, those are still the investors' money. The same aim of those investments is to um, mobilize enough money within the club. And as I was saying earlier to date, within that club, within those investors' We've mobilized over a million dollars in the past few years. Now, the club also has trainings, angel investor trainings for the investors that are putting their money in and obviously follow ups um, with uh, where their money is being placed in the regional stock exchange. So the activity of the club is more investor training and investor focused. Now. After the club, we have the we have Wick Capital, which is the fund, and Wick Capital is a um, typical. It has a typical fund structure with an investment committee and uh, a board of directors. The board of directors is mainly composed of uh, WIC members, members from the club, but it also has external actors. So is the investment committee, mainly WIC members, but also a few investment actors. And then there's the management team, which is called WIC Gestion, which is the one doing the work, um, the pipeline work and the pipeline preparation and all the investment work for WIC Capital. So that's kind of the structure of um, WIC uh, Capital, the fund. It has every member of the club as a shareholder. And we also have institutional shareholders that are coming from outside. So anyone, any bigger LP interested in investing in women-led businesses in Senegal can join WIC Capital along with the WIC members. Any individual investor can invest alongside WIC Capital in the companies that we find. Um, I've talked a little bit about um, the type of companies with capital invests in, but maybe I'll define what we call women-led businesses. For us, women-led businesses are businesses that were founded by by a woman that is majority owned by a woman or majority led by women. That's our definition of the companies that um, we want to invest in. Now, our newest mechanism, which is the WIC Academy, its aim is to prepare companies to prepare that pipeline for WIC Capital. So having worked with uh, women-led businesses for a bit now, we've started to notice that there's a lot that needs to be done in terms of preparation before even getting them to the investment committee of WIC Capital. So what we want to do with WIC Academy is get those businesses early in Get them, get them structured enough through business support early enough so that when they get to Wick Capital or when they get to any other funds, they have everything ready and that they're investment ready. The fund can directly start due diligence, like do their preliminary analysis and start due diligence with them without having to send them back. WIC Academy is actually being piloted starting um, this semester. Um, We're starting with a six-month pilot with 10 companies, same criteria as uh, all of WIC, so the women-led businesses in general. The way we see it, WIC is kind of the mother organization of all the initiatives that go under it, and WIC sets the general strategy for all its um, organizations and all its initiatives that it creates. But our essence, our DNA is women-led businesses. It's developing um, women entrepreneurship and uh, the private sector um, with a focus on gender
0: so with that said um can you talk a little bit about wix investment in non-traditional sectors and why you think that's important
1: non-traditional
2: sectors you when you look at non-traditional sectors to me i define them a little bit like the the sectors that get forgotten and when you look at those sectors you often find that there are a lot of women in them we, when we and look what are at some of
0: those sectors, give us some examples. Yes. So when
2: we look at our pipeline, an example is the fa- the fashion industry. Um, we have agribusiness is not really forgotten, but it's where somewhere where we find a lot of women. And our first investment actually was in recycling. So, an, a company that recycles tires into um, what. I'm not sure what they're called in English, granula, granulates, that you use to put in, it's synthetic turf. You use it to make synth- synthetic turf for stadiums. So that's our first investment in a company called eCover, where the founders are relatively young and uh, have been working in the space for the past uh, five years, I want to say. That was the club's first investment because on top of the, um, A fact that they are women on top of obviously the financial returns that we look at, we see a huge impact on the environment Mm -hmm. because tires on the like in the streets is a huge problem we have in this country, for example, just tires lying around and littering. That's one of the sectors. We also have like a few deals that we're looking at in the fashion design space, um, in the art sector, in the artisanal and uh, creative space in general in Senegal, which is a space that's been developing very rapidly, but that we're not paying a lot of attention to. So those are some of the examples of non-traditional sectors that a private equity fund wouldn't look at necessarily.
1: Great. So um Mary, can you kind of give us sort of you mentioned a few examples of um of of companies that you're investing in. Um you have one that you think sort of embodies WIC's greatest impact. And second of all, you know, as we were mentioning at the beginning, um, you know, we're in this time of of COVID-19. And what are you sort of hearing from uh, businesses, entrepreneurs, and investors in Senegal related to this sort of new um, situation that we're in, and 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 what that might mean moving forward.
2: Yes. So um, Wick has Wick Capital has actually only announced one, officially announced one investment. There are a few more coming soon, but I can't talk about them yet. The first one that we announced was announced back in March, and it's the one I just talked about, eCover, that does um, recycling. And I actually think eCover being the first investment speaks a lot to WIC as an association, as an organization, because it is a company that's led by two very young women very brilliant women um, that have pretty much focused on the impact of their organization. So they managed to build a sustainable company that makes money, but also that has a giant impact on uh, the environment in the country. And that's where they that's where their DNA is, and that's where our DNA is: helping women thrive, but also helping them have an impact on uh, the societies they live in. You know, when you look at, um, f- there are a few reports that show you that, like, women-led businesses tend to have, women in general, their work tends to have more impact on society because they're more impact-based. Um, they tend to invest back more in their communities than, uh, like, men-led businesses do or that men do. And I think just that shows, like, our first investment really does show that, really does speak to that. I forgot your second question.
1: <laughs> oh, um, I would love to answer that, it though. <laughs> that's fine. I, most of us are trying to forget about COVID, but um, it was just related to you know what you think that's going to with the with the global pandemic. What um, impact do you think that's going to have on investment and in entrepreneurship in Senegal or globally?
2: Well, the first impact of COVID, I think um, all entrepreneurs worldwide are are feeling it. Um, I have been very impressed though by the ability for that um, our entrepreneurs, some of our entrepreneurs have had to pivot very quickly. Um, one example that I'll give is an entrepreneur that's uh, that's been in our network that we haven't invested in, but that's been in our network for a bit now, for a bit over two years. That did beauty products, so um, uh, face washes, um, creams, beauty creams, etc., and that switched immediately after the pandemic started to producing like gel um, sanitary products, gels, etc., um, for surface like she has this new product that basically serves as a disinfectant for sur you can use on a surface you can use on your hand so it's a three-in-one product that you can use for everything so her ability to just switch production to just pivot she's a chemist and she, she understands those things but her ability to just pivot was extremely impressive to us and we've seen this with a lot of companies with a lot of businesses that we've been following and we hold these safe space conversations with our businesses once in a while. We've already held three of them since the uh, pandemic started. And one of the things that was said by one of our entrepreneurs is that she wasn't intimidated by COVID when it hit. Because as a woman, she's so used to switching things to fixing problems. She feels like her whole day between her kids, her family, her business, her whole day is problem solving. So when this happened, she just went directly into problem solving mode and didn't really panic about it. And I think we've seen that a little bit with uh, the women entrepreneurs within within our network that haven't really been complaining as much, but that have been reacting very quickly and very swiftly to uh, the situation. When we look at investments, though, which was your first question, when you look at the way investments are being affected, um, I'm not going to lie, it has been seen that um, things have slowed down a bit, especially with uh, the LPs, the limited partners that are investing. they focusing a little bit more on their current portfolio. So fundraising, for example, has been affected um, a lot by the pandemic. But as we're getting used to this new way of living, I think everyone is just switching back to their regular operations. The danger here is that what currently what we need the most is investors. Companies right now are struggling a lot. But especially companies that have a lot of potential, we know that they're going to come back after the pandemic. We know that the only issue is the pandemic. So this is the time for investors to come in and back these companies and help them not um, go bankrupt, help them not uh, die within their first few years, because they have enormous potential Mm -hmm. to bounce back after this whole thing passes and we return to a new normal way of life.
0: Yeah. And you're right. What's challenging that right now is the fact that a lot of those partners and, you know, funding organizations are doubling down on their current um, investments and who's currently already in their pipeline to see how they can help them instead of um, investing in new deals. And that creates a challenge. Now, WIC has expanded beyond the Senegal border. It's, Um, Can you talk a little bit about that expansion and what you've learned about the investment landscape on the continent?
2: Yes, so we were super excited to have WIC Cote d'Ivoire launch in uh, 2018 after a few years of the conversations and uh, trying to figure out if uh, the best way was to copy and paste the WIC model and trying to figure out how they were going to do it in their own context. So that's, that. it was very nice to see that it was doable, it was possible to, to take the model and just adapted a bit to be able to start it in another country with, of course, very similar contacts. We've been talking to also um, women in Guinea for a bit now to start with there. Um, we've been talking to women in Togo. We've been talking to also women in Morocco from since last year, since we went to the Women in Africa conference conference. Um, last year in June, to start WIC in different areas of, uh, right now, very focused on uh, West Africa. But we've also talked to women in Rwanda, for example. The idea of um, expanding this model within uh, other countries is to have independent clubs that can adapt to the realities of their own countries. So we don't expect this exact same model to be copied and pasted. We want women in their own countries to take this model, adapt it to their country, and lead it on their own. So we don't want Senegalese women in Cote d'Ivoire leading WIC. We want Ivorian women in Cote d'Ivoire leading WIC. We want Rwandan women in Rwanda leading WIC so that we can form a Pan-African network of women's investment clubs. And this will take us closer to our goal of having a private equity fund that can cover more territory, because if we have enough um, width within our network, we suddenly have more geographical scope, we suddenly have more access to other countries, and we can invest more widely within the continent.
0: Oh. Oh everything all right are you okay where's that noise coming from it's not me um Barry, are you still Barry? there
1: yes i am still here i can hear you. okay sorry we'll we'll edit that out um <laughs> so um was f- like that to me is really the crux of it is is the idea of a pan-african um investment landscape that is um, specific to the to the country context and um, you know having that born in talent and that those investments um, really sort of drive economic growth is really uh, exciting to hear and i'm looking forward to how that manifests in the future Uh, so i'm very it's wtf time where we basically ask our um, guests, could you share any sort of finance, funding opportunities, resources, tool, assistance that you know of with our audience, Um, especially those geared towards women entrepreneurs?
2: Well, I can't not start with Wake Capital, our investment <laughs> <Cool>. fund. <laughs> so we do invest in women-led businesses in Senegal and soon in d'Ivoire. Uh, what we look for is uh, businesses, typically businesses that are between one and five years old. But we do look at um, special cases of businesses that have just started, businesses that are a little older and that are trying a new uh, approach um, to their operations. We invest tickets between, as I said, 50,000 and 250,000 US dollars in these businesses. But we can go over that by co-investing with individual investors um, that are willing. We have a network of angel investors and other institutional investors that will put in more money in our investments. And what in, besides the business being women led so founded by a woman, um, majority owned by women or majority led by women, we look at um, impact, we obviously look at rentability, but we also look at the use of technology. We look at uh, potential for export and uh, scaling. We look at um, the way um, opportunities for women employees within the firm to grow, employees within the firm to grow, yes, but with a gender inclusive approach. So those are some of the elements we look at in our businesses. If you are, if you feel like you meet these criteria, don't hesitate to contact us at contact.wixsenegal.com and we'll put you in touch with our investment team. Um, If you're listening to this from another country, which is probably what's happening now, and you're also interested in investing in women-led businesses in Senegal or in West Africa, you can also reach out to us and we'll find a way to make it happen.
1: Great. Um. So, Mberi, you mentioned a, a couple of other funds. Um. Earlier on in the discussion, could you just run those off with us? Uh. Could you? Yeah. Could you share a couple of those with us again? Yes. Um. So when I look when I talk about Senegal,
2: there's Teranga Capital that we all know here that invests in uh, SMEs in general in Senegal. You have the Dakar Network Angels that also does angel investment. It's an angel investment network based in Dakar. Um. We have um, incubators that help out like Impact Hub Dakar. We have Joko Labs. We have Make Sense. We have Kinaya Lab. So there's a there's a huge booming uh space here and WIC Academy that we're starting soon. Um, Our partners in the U.S., I can name one, Astia Angels, because they're a big partner of ours. They actually helped us start. And they're an angel investment network that only invests in women-led businesses as well. When we were starting, we got a lot of assistance from them. Astia, A-S-T-I-A, based in San Francisco, I think. And they invest in women-led businesses all over the U.S. and uh, all over the world, I want to say
1: perfect thank you so much thank you and thank you and so um and Vera, you did a fantastic PSA for WIC but if people want to um connect with you how would they do that so anyone
2: can connect with me on LinkedIn at very very if you look up my name very sec you will find me you can also email me and uh, I'm going to give my private email because uh, I will be leaving the WIC team soon, but I'll still be part of uh, the WIC association as a member. <laughs> so I'm not going to give my WIC email. I'll give you my private email that I check often, seckml one at gmail.com. So that's SECML1-7 at gmail.com.
1: Thank you, Barry. Um, This has been such a great conversation. I have always been excited and inspired by the work of Wick, and really look forward to seeing what the future brings. Really appreciate your time, M'Berry. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> So that was an amazing conversation with Mberi. And as someone who has worked in Senegal for a number of years as the portfolio manager for Senegal and as the regional program manager for West Africa for the African Development Foundation, where Senegal was one of the countries um, that I supervised, I just really resonated um, resonated with what Mberi was talking about with WIC and that missing middle and the need for pipeline development and the foundation that I worked with did a lot of that work, sort of that prep work with some of those really small and medium sized enterprises where you do find a lot of um, women led businesses. And if we're not paying attention to that space, then we're going to miss a lot of people. And part of the, the criticism of traditional finances that, you know, they're looking for these sort of already um, mature or well-structured businesses to invest in. But if no one is doing the pipeline work to develop those organizations to get them to that level, how are we going to have a healthy pipeline of those types of businesses where we do find a lot of women to then say, okay, here is a nice, healthy um, portfolio of companies for investment. So that pipeline work is very necessary. And I'm just happy that they're doing that work and the way in which they're doing that work with women investing in women, you know, to sort of, to, to fill that gap, to not just wait around. So if they're high network um, women to say, let's do the work ourselves, let's help our sisters out and invest in them because we see the value in them and their businesses. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode. We look forward to you rejoining us for the next episode. So until then, make sure you're subscribing, you're listening, liking, reading, reviewing, all those things. And if you have feedback, please email us at where's the funding at gmail.com, and we'll see you next time.